Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 216 and 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. This is week four and the final installment of our annual summer series featuring members of Whole Life Church entitled, This is Whole Life. This is the end. And sadly, it's over after this episode. Maybe you are a little like me and you find yourself growing more and more weary with the pandemic news and social media feeds, all that goes with it, conversations each and every day. If you let it, it can take over every part of your life and every single interaction you seemingly have. I want to take a minute before we get started to invite you to do something that we've done as a family the last two Saturday mornings and something that I know Andy has invited us to do and Jeff and uh, different um, speakers and worship hosts over the last couple of months. And that is two weeks ago, we invited friends of ours from church for brunch and to watch church together. We're both like-minded families that take the same precautions and we trust each other's judgments when we need to venture outside, such as going to the grocery store or running errands, uh, but overall staying pretty safe, staying close to home. And last week, they invited us to their home for more of the same. So it was a reciprocation. And it was absolutely what we have been missing and needing. Hanging out over good food, watching the message, being able to pause, going through the song service, Sabbath school for the kids. Just being able to sit down and be together and talk about how life is going, something other than covid was really, really good. So I would invite you to join others who you feel comfortable with in person, or maybe you're not quite there yet, maybe just a Facebook watch party. Whatever your comfort level and family practices are for safety, but find a way to connect this week on Sabbath at least, if nothing else. It is a blessing we have been missing out on. And you can still experience that in-person or pretty close to in-person with maybe a Zoom, a FaceTime, a Google Hangout, something like that. So find someone that maybe you can share a little Sabbath piece with this week. I think you won't regret it if you haven't tried it yet. All right. Last week was week three. Andy sat down with Whole Life member Linda Ryan. And if you missed that discussion, please don't. Uh, you can watch it on our website, wholelife.church, or listen on our companion podcast, Speaking of Grace, which features every Whole Life message in audio format. And you can find that on any of your favorite podcast hosting platforms or on our website, wholelife.church slash podcast. And you can find a link today to each of those by swiping up in today's show notes. Maybe the most important thing for us as Americans that Linda shared last week was her realization during the COVID crisis is that she really likes simplicity and that some of the things or maybe a lot of the things that she'd spent time on doing previously have not brought as much value to her daily life as she thought they did. So she kind of dropped them by the wayside and, oh, I don't know, that sounds pretty good to me in so many applicable ways. And even more so when you tied it with her final words of advice was simply to surrender to God. Surrender to God seems even simpler when we step back and realize how often we make it so much more difficult than it really needs to be. Surrender to God and simplicity. I don't know. That kind of sounds like uh, throwing out, organizing, 
I don't know, putting together a piece of furniture or a project or something that you just haven't done before and maybe getting rid of something else in, uh, in its place, moving it in. Simplifying sounds good. Sounds like something we can uh, – that maybe we might have a little bit of extra time during this pandemic to do. So something to think about. So if you didn't catch that conversation, please do. It will be well worth your time. All right. This week for our final sit-down and interview, Andy met with Dr. Herdley Polini reed a clinical psychologist and Whole Life Church member. And, you know, we have talked to people all through this, all four weeks, about COVID, about racial tensions. And one of the first things that she talked about was the death of her cousin, who was a doctor in Brazil, passed away from COVID on Father's Day of all days leaving a wife and four kids behind. And, you know, it looked like he'd been getting better and he'd really become contagious by volunteering. He didn't need to be working. He was a physician, but he saw how strapped the local hospitals and medical facilities were and just wanted to volunteer, help out his his colleagues and maybe help relieve a little bit of that pressure on the medical teams in his community. Really just a selfless act that cost him his life and, you know, the first week we talked to the Melnicks and the whole family went through it. Everyone recovered. Everyone with a little different degree of being sick, but probably not life-threatening. And everyone made it through okay. And others, you know, we've talked about uh, the, the shoes, you know, being on the front line in the medical community, trying to keep people safe, infectious disease officers, and, you know, trying not to infect their kids. But this week we're actually... You know, to see the pain on her face, and it really brings a personality, it brings a personalness to it, to this pandemic. When you know somebody, someone you've seen at church, and I don't know her well. I've talked to her a couple times. I know her husband, Steve. and But it really brings that home that there are people that we do know, and maybe you do know someone, and I don't know anyone that had had someone actually die uh, from covid and, you know, for her being in that medical community where she, much of her practice is working with doctors who, you know, are going through a lot. You know, they're they're trying to help. They're trying to also on the backside keep their family safe and not bring it home and infect others of their loved ones, their families, other employees that they work with. And, you know, to see her just, you know, struggle just like anybody else, you can have all the knowledge in the world and it doesn't it doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it easier. And so Andy asked her, you know, what were her concerns regarding the pandemic from the position of a clinical psychiatrist and, and her view of things, maybe things we need to be aware of or mindful of. And she said of, of three main things. They said this is on many levels an affront to our mental health. People are dying alone in isolation. They're not allowed to even hold the hand of a loved one as they pass and that can really wreak havoc on their psyche and on their recovery and grief. But she said something interesting that I really, I, I really resonated with. She said, what makes us more resilient is connection. Woo. What do you, how are you supposed to connect in this time when, you know, social distancing or whether you want to say personal distancing uh, more so that physical, when we're in the same area, we need to be apart but we can still socially be connected, and that is very, 
very important to what makes us resilient, to what keeps our mental health in check. And so a little further on, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. And then she said that we need to be adapting moment to moment, every step of the way, being flexible because things are changing all the time. Things that you think we know or the medical community thinks they know and then something changes and then, you know, there's all the discussion and the, the slow trickle of facts and you just have to keep yourself prepared for what might be next because I don't think anybody can predict what's coming next. And I thought those were three really good things that just understanding what the challenges are and that connection. We are creatures of, oh, we, we need to be in community. We need to be together. And that is so much a part of who we are. And then just adapting to it and just not letting everything get to us, but just adapting to us, process it, continue to roll with the punches, move on, and that will help. Because, you know, personally, you know, she said herself, she's been upping the connections. She's been taking her own advice on this resiliency. So she listed a couple things. Uh, they do video calls with church groups, with their family, with her friends or kids. And maybe most importantly, she's just been disconnecting from an overload of news and other stress-inducing media or uh, maybe people that would just – Keep the pressure on in this continuous news cycle that we find so many of us are in. So upping the connections and then actively helping others lower the anxiety um, is something that we can control by doing so. We become the hands and the feet of Jesus to our neighbors and community. So upping the connections, I don't, you know, I don't know what that means for everybody, whether your comfort level is, you know, getting out a little bit not getting out at all or just for basic necessities and please don't touch me. Don't even give me the elbow bump or, you know, I'm not taking my mask off even if I'm 20 feet away from you. But I think there's something in each of us as these creatures of being connected together, but to shift the focus away from all the things that maybe we can't do, the things we're not doing or the things we're not sure we should do. And so we're kind of avoiding those, but actively helping others that helps lower our anxiety when just like she said, so much feels out of control. So here's a way that you can kind of take back some control. And then by doing so, you're just living out the gospel. You're becoming the hands and feet of Jesus to those around us. And I thought that that was really a cool way to look at this. And from a clinical psychologist, I'll take her word for it, that it helps lower anxiety. And if you stop and think about it, when we are actively engaged in helping others and doing something that it's not required of us, it's not something we have to do, but it brings us joy, that definitely lowers the anxiety. And I'd never thought about it completely in that way before. And so I, I really appreciated the way she brought that out. The other thing that she talked about that, you know, we, we've talked about this a probably more times than I can count on the podcast. And she said, maybe the, one of the most important things we can do for each other is simply to listen, but, but really, really listen. And Andy brought up a good point. He said, the human spirit can't tell the difference between being loved and being listened to. So stop and think about that. And, you know, check your next conversation. See how good of a listener you are. I'm going to do the same. I know I'm not a good listener sometimes. I can be. But there's other times when, especially now, we haven't seen people, we haven't been around people, we haven't been 
having the same level of interactiveness on a regular basis. So it's almost like when you let the dog out that's been cooped up in the house all day and he sees people and they just want to trounce on you and they want to just be by you and they want every single ounce of your attention and they want to tell you about their day even though they can't speak, but they're doing it in doggy ways. I think so many times we do the same thing because we just simply, it's just like an info dump. We just want to dump on someone we haven't seen because we we want to share with them. We want them to, you know, kind of share along in our journey. But for someone who's struggling or who, you know, maybe, maybe they have extra stress. Maybe they're in that group of people that are more susceptible or more at risk to contracting COVID, or maybe they've got a family member that's sick, or maybe they've lost their job and, or they're, they're part-time and they're not sure how they're going to pay bills. You know, the biggest thing that we can do to show them that we love them is just to be a really good listener. So right now, maybe these one of these actively helping others things that we can do, and it might be the most effective and the best way to show the love of Christ is to just stop and simply listen and be present in the moment, all ears, all eyes focused on that person and just listening. I think that was, I think that was maybe... One of the things that might be the most difficult of all of these to do, but maybe maybe the most important, and not just now, but moving forward too. The other thing that she talked about was attending to yourself and your outlook. Look for the good because contrary to your social media feed and the nightly news, there is plenty happening in our world that is good. If you search for it, even on the internet, I know, I know, it's true. You can find it. It's not all doom and gloom. And she also said something that I guess I knew, but I hadn't thought about it recently anyway, that our brains can easily bend or more easily bend to see nothing but the bad. And what we feed it is so important because it's so easy for our brains to just feed into the negativity. And so being very aware of what we're exposing ourselves to each and every day and the effect that it has on our mental health and really our ability to go into these actively helping others things that we'd like to do and that would be super helpful and be long-term impact things potentially for others and ourselves. It's hard to do that when we're constantly just thinking about all the bad and all the negative. So as she was wrapping up her thoughts, she's was reaffirming her belief. Like what did this all, what did she take out of this? What did this all mean? And how has she taken something good from this? And she's reaffirmed her belief that Jesus uses her, that they're a team, that she becomes his hands and feet and to connect with and pray for a strengthened partnership with him. She said, I don't ask for things because I'm not really sure how that works. And, you know, it's not like Jesus or God is the cosmic Santa Claus just giving us things that we ask for. But instead to just be exposed to people in situations where she can be in partnership in the hands and feet but uh, she said to be his carrier or, or instrument in some kind of way to really help someone that he puts in her path. And I, I thought that was really, really good. And that's a prayer that I find works really well. And it's a little scary, though, because when you ask God to put people in your path for whatever reason, and that's the thing, you never know. You never know who it's going to be. It could be someone that really needs something major. It could be someone that just needs a a hug or a phone call or a text message, or, you know, maybe they need gas in their car at the gas station. It seems like every time I pray 
forgot to put someone in my way. I can't tell you how many tanks of gasoline I've bought for people. <laughs> and I don't know. And it, it's not a big deal. And, and yet sometimes the biggest smile you can find from people are people at the gas station. And, you know, I don't concern myself with, you know, what they might need or what the issue might be or I mean, I have no idea. And frankly, I don't care. But I, I have noticed that if I pray and say, God, use me somehow today, put someone in my path that needs me, just make me smart enough to find, just make, you know, make me smart enough to see, to find them and then to actually go through with whatever it is you want me to do. And so many times, you know, if, if you just put your credit card in the machine at the pump and just you know, well, how much, how much should I put in? Ah, just fill it up. And, you know, uh, this happened to us a couple months ago and we were, we were traveling, we were doing a drive-by birthday party for one of the church members that they had come up and had driven by our house and made signs for our girls. And so we did the same and we were down in Kissimmee and this poor lady was just crying by the gas pumps and she kept looking at me and I'm like, should I go over? Should I not go over? Sounded like she was arguing with someone in the car. It was heated, profanities. And I thought, ah, maybe I should just mind my own business. And so I started walking over to her. She walked over to me and she's like, I, you know, I don't know how to ask. And I said, what do you need? Do you need some gas? She's like, yes, I do. And, you know, I, my card's not working. And I said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why. Just, you know, tell me what you need. And so we went over and she's like, well, how much can I pump? And then she was getting yelled at for the person inside the car who said she shouldn't pump all the gas. And I said, just just fill it up. I mean, how much is the tank of gas, right? I mean, 30, 40 bucks, whatever. And she was just – she kept coming back to the car over and over again and just telling Heather and me and how much she was thankful. So, you know, and I don't know why, but again, it just seems like when I'm out, this is a lot of times what happens. It's it's the gas pump. And I'm happy to do it. And, it. and it feels good to help someone. Anything else you can do? No, no, no. We're good. We're good. We just need to get where we're going. And, and gas money is great. So usually I leave those situations and it makes me smile because I realize, not always right in the moment, but then after I've had a chance to think about it, I realize that, oh, yeah, that was an answer to prayer. And so – you know, take the take a risk. Ask God to put someone in your path and see what you might be able to do for them. Right now, it might be more important than we could ever imagine, even more so than a than a tank of gas. You know, who knows what he'll do to put those in your way. So, you know, as we've gone through this series, I mentioned this last week, and this was really you – know, I didn't know what to expect because we, you know, we haven't really been able to connect with everybody. And, you know, we're not sitting across the table as normal getting to know them. But – We've heard some really, really good stories this year. You know, just as a recap, you know, we talked to the Melnicks and their whole household, again, infected with COVID, and they decided that fear was not going to be part of their story. We've been exposed to the front lines with Dr. Shu and Grace, and, you know, they're in the thick of this every day, and they have every reason to fear, but they realize that they don't have control, but God does. And then we learned last week that, you know, we have a family with Linda and her boys leaning into simplicity and a surrender to God through it all. And finally, this week, we have Hurdley and her family, you know, they suffered a lost family member to COVID. And in the wake of it, yes, there was suffering, there was, there was, um, there was pain, there was grief. But in the wake of it, not asking things for themselves, but instead 
just being asked and asking God to use them as he sees fit and to impact the lives of others who are struggling, maybe just like they were. Four weeks, four different families, four unique journeys, but all with the same realization that by surrendering and giving up control to God, we can truly live just happier and and more meaningful lives. And if we do that in service and just with God's love in our hearts to, to serve others, go outside our walls, continue to be a church without walls, we need to hear those simple truths. And so do other people. And if we're not telling them, then who's going to? All right. This week, one of our whole life takeaways asked, how are you currently creating more opportunities for safely connecting? Well, that can be a difficult one because I think the opportunities, maybe the word there is for safely connecting. And I think everyone's idea of what safely connecting is, I think they wildly, they're wildly different. I think they vary so much, but I think we have to find a place where that we define it for ourselves, for our family, for individuals within our family, depending on situations. But I think if you missed this past week, if you missed this past week's message, I would really encourage you to take a moment to watch or listen. If no other reason than the creative ways that Hurdley outlined some of the ways that she has stayed and her family has stayed connected with church members, small groups, family, even a virtual potluck. Now, if you ask me, uh, depending on the potluck, that could be an upgrade, honestly. Um, oof. Come on, we've all been there, right? Like the potluck where if you're not first, mm, slim pickings by the end. But seriously, how about you? How have you been able to stay connected to your circles, to those important to you during the pandemic? Please share not only what you've done, but the impact it's had on you. It's easy to say to someone that, yeah, I've done A or B, but really it's the story and the impact of how it's made your life better that can help people see the reward in actually making the effort. Say, so, yeah, I've done A, but here's why I've done A. I've been blessed because of whatever. So send a voicemail or text to 407-965-1607 or send it an email, obviously, to podcast at wholelife.church. We can share those with each other on next week's episode. All right, that's going to wrap up our 2020 summer series upcoming this week at Whole Life Church, our new series, Worshiping in Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. That will be July 25th. And the title of the sermon is, What Do You Do With the Mad That You Feel? Hmm, I don't know. I think usually for me, I think I internalize until I blow. That's usually what happens for me. But how about you? I guess we'll find out more about maybe how we should do it. Maybe do it more constructively and uh, maybe do it a little less often with the mad that we feel. I don't know. I'll be interested to see where this is going to go. But you don't want to miss it. I'm, I'm excited for this. I've heard good things about where we're going with it. And uh, I am excited to hear what Andy will have for us. I believe it will be Andy speaking this week. So that's going to do it for this week. As always, join us next Tuesday evening for Speaking of Grace if you, in case you have missed the message. And of course, every Wednesday morning as usual for episode 217. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great week.